She's Julie Roxanne. And he's Alistair. And And this this is Far Out. A podcast about stepping off the beaten path and learning to live from our center. Wilderness does the transformation. Wilderness does, you know, is the connection with the divine, all these kind of things. And that actually is very relieving and a bit humbling because then it's like, okay, yeah, all right. I just need to uh, not fuck it up. (laughs) Working for months prior so that you can build the bridge so people can get to the wilderness and then kind of receive it. And that's the point where your work is getting out of the way, most most likely. Yeah. Uh, and, and you know... It, that's a good way to put it. I actually hadn't thought about it like that. Yeah, me neither. It just, like, came up. <laughs> when I was living in San Diego, I used to bike down to watch the sunset every day. Not every day, but a lot of days. Not every day. I, I tried I, to go every day. I love how you wanted to sound I like wanted that to guy. Say every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sounds a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> well, hello, beautiful people, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Far Out Podcast. Hiya, hiya, hiya. I like that you're the element of surprise on these every Try every, to mix it up. every week. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. I, I see that. I I'm going to start learning other languages. <laughs> ciao. Ciao. Ciao, ciao. Oh, my God. Uh, hey, stuff. you. We are happy to have you here today. We have a conversation about wilderness today. Yeah, and the four facets of nature. And, uh, yeah, is that it? Is that let's, all we're saying? Let's just fucking get into it. Yeah, I know. You don't... You can't know the wilderness until you walk Step into it. Step into the unknown. Let's go. Good morning, far out people. Hello, you. Hello. Are you talking to me? Or are you <laughs> no, talking I was talking to them, man. It's, <laughs> hi, hi. Hey, good so, to have you. Good to have you here. I have to start this by... <laughs> There's something that just happened like a couple of seconds ago, right before we turned the mic on. Julie Roxanne, like we were talking about something as we normally do right before the podcast. There's usually maybe sometimes some emotional processing that has to happen so that we can be present. <laughs> Happens a lot, mainly for Julie Roxanne. A little too much for my taste, honestly. But... And so Julie Roxanne, like we sit on meditation cushions and, and talk with each other. And Julie Roxanne's sitting like... She's straddling like a meditation cushion. So you can imagine she's like kind of sitting on her knees and she just kind of lets her head down. And like, I was expecting her to start the mic so we could start. And I wait for a second. Like, Julie Roxanne, are you okay? Like, can we start? And she she says, uh, hold on. I'm just just waiting for a second to see if I need to cry or not. The way you laughed at that was like actually really dis- like it helped diffuse some of the energy that wanted to that didn't know what was happening uh, and uh, and it just reminded me how much that's your life to be around me yeah and how, I, mean, I mean how much it's my life too but it's like yeah the I don't know what else to do I guess I could like rage against it or something. I prefer you laugh yeah, man I mean, raging like, would make it worse I, I just just can't help it it's just it's 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 ridiculous, and also, it's you, and I love you. 
and it's very beautiful. There's a lot of touching things about it, but sometimes it's just it just feels absurd to me, especially coming from my my uh, my very like calm waters. I know a lot of the this time. guy's just like equanimity all around, just this like mountain dude just waiting for things, and I'm like being thrashed around it's, in the ocean. It's a facade. Sometimes. It's a facade. Inside, I feel very deeply. Uh, uh, I know you do. Anyway, so. <laughs> I did. I kind of cried, but not really. So if you want, if you wanted to know, there might be a cry later. We'll it, there, there might be one. I'm still. I hear it in my throat still. I'm like, oh, I don't think. Uh, I don't think that's done. All right. Well, oh. we gotta. <laughs> we, we have a review. We um, do, which is great. That made our week. Woo-hoo. Oh my god! And it's, uh, uh, someone the, special too. Yeah, it is someone special. This comes from. This comes from uh, Wayne Wharton in Australia. And that, Wayne, is exactly the name I would imagine someone in Australia would have. <laughs> so thank you for confirming the stereotype, <laughs> Wayne. <laughs> oh, it's a great, it's I a cannot cool help it. I actually have seen pictures of him and I know he doesn't look like this, but I cannot help to picture him as Crocodile Dundee. You know, with the with the hat and the crocodile teeth around the hat. <laughs> I'm sorry, Wayne. I, I, Wayne, I, I hope you sign your checks WW. <laughs> Anyway, here here's Wayne's, um, and we've been in touch with Wayne before, um, so so I think we're on good enough terms that we to, can to joke around. Yeah. Yes, I, 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 I sense that too. And also, this is coming from two people who have never been to Australia and uh, don't know much about it. No, and no, also, no, nothing. Yeah, I, all I know about Australia is it's where the UK sent all their prisoners. <laughs> That's kind of where I'm at too. It's all the exiles. <laughs> yeah, all you ruffians out there. Oh, and then there's the uh, Aboriginals and their and their song time uh, world yeah. and their their song lines, song lines, dream time world and their song lines. Oh, you don't know anything about that? No, I don't oh. know anything. See, I, I know less than Alistair. So it's interesting. Anyway, um, I know the Gold Coast. Yeah, yeah. Know. All right, so. Wayne gave us five stars. Thank you, Wayne. Uh, he might take one away after yeah, this. Yeah, I'm so <laughs> sorry. We're doing a terrible job. We're really grateful yeah. for this review. And he said, thoughtful, inspiring, and hilarious. No. And he said, I've been listening to the Far Out podcast for around a year now, and it is by far my favorite and most loved podcast. <laughs> the personal journey Alistair and Julie Roxanne share with us is interesting, inspiring, and frequently totally random. I love that. Yeah, I, I love that. They have given me so much to think about over a broad range of philosophical concepts and plenty of ideas to try out in my own life. My favorite episode is number 120, What Is Your Medicine? One of my favorites, too. I love it, too. We're still, we're, uh, we're still working on the merch, people. Merch is happening. Don't get scared off by the woo-woo. It's a genuine discussion on what we receive from the world that helps pick ourselves up off the ground and how we channel that energy back into what we can offer the world, which may help others. It's so much what Julie Roxanne and Alistair are about. I love them, and I look forward to their updates every week. Wow, that's really touching. We love you, Wayne. Thank you so much, Wayne. Thank you so much for being here. And I love that recently we've been in touch with people who have been listening to the podcast for a long time. You know, it's like, it's not just like people who dropped in for a couple of episodes, thought it was fun, and then kind of moved on. It's like we we have people like that that are listening regularly and and really engaging with us. And we feel that energy. So thank you for being here, Wayne. And thank you. For all the other ones, you know who you are. So. I think, yeah, it's it's such a, it, that's a really cool part of it. These kind of like deep, long-term relationships, yeah. um, they're fun. So uh, we, and it's so cool to see the people that that are um, uh, attracted to this. I know. Um, 
so far, every single one of them has been awesome. I know. It, we don't say that. We don't just say that to be nice. We've literally enjoyed in, interacting with everyone. And, and how one. I interpret that is that they're all reflections of part of me. And so <laughs> it means that I'm awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I no, can't really no. argue with that logic, though. Like, there's a part of me that wants to take you down, but I kind of, I, yeah, I mean, I... I that's, I, that's the ego. It, I mean, that's, it's, it's there. That, it's right yeah. there. Anyway, um, thanks, thanks for listening, y'all. And uh, we'll get on with uh, the show. So we wanted to talk a little bit about... This is inspired from uh, our Wild Within, the project of Wild Within, which, if you don't know, is my retreat company. I, I run it with my uh, business partner, Kelly. Um, also, close friends. I love the way you were like, my, and he yeah. just like took well, his finger and pointed Ju- at Julie his Roxanne's heart. been like letting me know, like, hey, just don't say we on this because this is your thing, and and da 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 da. So I'm doing I'm that. A, I'm a, I'm a supporter in the in the in the shadow, yeah. but I'm, I so want to. Yeah, you probably heard us talk about it before. We talk about it every so often uh, because it's a big project for us, and it's getting bigger. We went from zero retreats last year because of COVID yeah. uh, to three this year that uh, likely will all be full. Uh, two of them are already full, mm-hmm. and uh, we're working on the third one in Guatemala at the end of the year. If you want to come for a New Year's retreat that's going to be awesome, let us know. Yeah, man. Um, Guatemala at that time of year is amazing, too. Yeah, yeah. I'm kind of um, jealous because I don't think I'll be able I'm to I'm sure go. we'll talk about it more later. Yeah. But if that piques your interest, reach out. So I've been thinking a lot about what we're doing uh, at Wild Within, um, particularly in the context of our Yosemite retreats, which, which are these 10-day retreats, six days of backpacking. And one of the things like that I've, I'm learning as I've interviewed God, you know, somewhere between 50 and 100 people, not quite 100, but it's starting to get up there as we take more and more people. Or the on. vetting, the yeah. vetting calls. Yeah, the vetting take. calls, yeah. everyone that's attracted to this and stuff like that. And it's a small sample size. And we attract certain people, um, people that are so, but it just stuns me how how little time we spend in wilderness mm-hmm. these days. There's almost no wilderness to speak of yeah. anymore. Um, like, and I feel very blessed that I live partly one of the reasons I feel so blessed. I lived on the West coast because there, there are large patches of wilderness that are preserved. Mm-hmm. And I think it is one of the amazing things that the United States has accomplished is, is preserving some of that wilderness. I wish we had preserved more, yeah. but I'm really, really grateful for, for the efforts that have been made over the last couple the centuries. Parks. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. Um, it's really unprecedented. It's something the United States des- deserves a lot of credit for, and I hope, I hope we'll uh, keep working on on improving that project. But we don't have a lot of wilderness in our lives. And I remember reading a quote uh, not too long ago, actually, when we were visiting wilderness, which, you know, we said something like, um, "We need wilderness not because we need to go into it, because every so often we need to drive to the edge of that wilderness and peer in." And I think. There's something really profound about that. Mm. I I think it's true. We need wild places. We need to know they exist. We need to just be able to like kind of look in Mm. and just, there's something about it it stimulates the imagination. And Reginald Ray talks about this a little bit too in his book, Touching Enlightenment, phenomenal book uh, about embodied meditation in, in a Buddhist tradition. And he talks about how you know, in India and in uh, Asia, wilderness, particularly jungle, was the place you went for spiritual pursuits. Mm-hmm. It's the place you went to get out of society, right? And I think there's something 
it, it's it's the place where you you kind of disconnected from that stuff. Or it was, and it's and mountains have always been the place for rebels, mm-hmm. right? It's always the uninhabitable place. It's the place society really can't quite reach or control. Uh, if you still go to villages in the Pyrenees or the Alps or whatever, you can feel that. Yeah, very yeah. Strongly. They're pla- re- jungle, mountain. These are places of independence. They're places of rebellion. They're places of creativity. They're places where people can take refuge outside of society, yeah. right? And and that's not all good, as I know from when we were in Guatemala. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Like uh, there there are gorillas out there. Um, that you don't want to run into, but it, but it, it is also a refuge. And I found this for myself in my own personal journey over the last five years is that as I was kind of pulling out of society and like kind of saying no to a past life, it was wilderness that was the place that stoked my imagination, that gave me refuge, that refuge, refuge, I don't know, whatever. It <laughs> but... It's those places, and and I've seen this also with friends. Um, I'm thinking of one in particular right now that is also going on a journey like that, and she's spending a lot of time in wild places. Yeah, it's a place that kind of it sparks that wild individuality, right? Like it that, totally rewires your brain. I mean, you, it has to. Yeah, and it, and it, that creativity, right? And because it's wild, it's it's not controlled, right? Like, yeah. it, it, so it's a little bit scary in yeah. in all that. And, and I think it's also important to say, like, when you go to, you know, national parks and you go to the place that you can actually drive to, you can just kind of look into the wilderness from afar. Because really, the the real wilderness is only accessible by feet. You yeah. know, like, you, you have to walk into it, which is why... And, and the depths of wilderness are not accessible at all. Yeah. There are yeah, places well, yeah, you can't get to, right? The great like, mystery has to remain. Exactly. That's the thing, is that it, there is a, a mystery to it, yeah, right? Yeah. You don't know how it works. You don't know where it's it ends. It's a reminder of the, the nature of the divine, where, like, the divine cannot be understood and will never be... Like, the great mystery will remain a mystery. Like, yes. I think there's a part of our mind that's like, oh, it's just that we don't understand it yet. No, 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 no. We're not meant to understand. It has to stay a mystery. I think it's terrifying that we're running out of those places on the planet. Yeah. And I think it's a reflection a little bit of of our our psyche or, yeah. or some of the dis dis-ease in, in our lives mm-hmm. is that we don't have these places as much. Because I think they've always been places where where that that spark spirituality, that spark creativity, that spark like soulfulness. Yeah. Um and wildness. So it scares me that more and more, and this, this, I think this is not new at this point, but it's growing. And to some degree, I fall into some of these categories. Uh, but more and more, we're drowning out starlight for city light, right? Yeah. Like, the, I remember, I still remember, I went on a bachelor party, and there was a guy there that from the city. And we went out to, like, Mendocino County or something, and we yeah. got a house out there, and the stars were gorgeous. He had never seen the stars like that. And... I, what does that do to your mind, to your psyche? What kind of humans does that produce? The stars right? are this, like, they're, they're so awe-inspiring, yeah. right? They're a reminder of all we don't know, yeah. of the infinity beyond us. Yeah. And I think there's something so symbolic in the fact that we drown out the starlight with our own man-made light pollution. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I think it's, it's, a, it's scary to me. And I think similarly... You know, and this isn't a critique for for anyone who's had this experience. This is more a critique of the culture that allows us to have this experience, or or not. Yeah. 
is that most of the people coming on our, our trips have never spent six days out in the wilderness uh, right. un, uninterrupted. Yeah, it's like, but and I would have fallen into that category only five years ago. So. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like how for most people that's a really difficult thing to achieve. You know, there's no structure except when you choose to go on a retreat. But there's no societal structures that take you to that place. There's no and and if it's not there's no there's no devotion to it. There's no, no worship. Exactly. There's no ritual around. Like it's and. Uh, it's such a healing place. It's such a transformative place. It's such a mysterious, magical, divine place, right? There's, we don't, it's a reminder of everything we don't know and we'll never know. Yeah. But I mean, to keep, if, if I have to, I have to think that it, it's, that sounds so frightening for people who have never been there. And, you know, it's like a reminder of things we don't know in right. a culture that is constant, constantly trying to tell us that we know everything and that we will know everything at some point. Like, or and is also selling you comfort and security. Exactly. At, at like, every step. Exactly. Right? From, it makes it it makes it like not only really hard, but actually undesirable to go to the wilderness. Why would you go to the wilderness? We've worked for millennia to build the comfort of our own home. To protect us from from, to, all from the, the threats yeah. in the wilderness. Which and, to some extent I think it is the way that the wilderness is supposed to be explored in in more traditional cultures that have a devotion to it is with elders that take you out there and yep. that initiate you into what it's like to be in the wilderness. And I think because we don't have that, most people spend their life without doing it because yeah. it's terrifying to go on your own. You don't, ha you know, it's dangerous. It's dangerous. It really is. And, and and this is not an appeal that we should live in the wilderness, right? No. That is an inhospitable place for for if you if you go too long, yeah. right? Like it's it's not. But there is a reason why all the prophets, John the Baptist, and Jesus, and Moses, all have their period in the wilderness, right? Yeah. It is is spiritually important, and I think we've lost touch with that uh, quite a bit, or at least I had lost touch with it. Like we can just talk about my journey and had I ever had been in touch with it and getting in touch with it was a huge part for me of healing, of figuring out, of realizing what I'm here to do, mm -hmm. be like, that's all an ongoing process, but I cannot imagine how it would have happened to that wilderness. And yeah. so more and more, one thing more and more, and also the medicine work we're doing is really infusing how I think about, about what we're doing, particularly in Yosemite, because uh, medicine work is, is so oriented and we're lucky um, that we have good teachers in this in this domain. It's so oriented around service to mm -hmm. others and to seeing everyone as a, you know, there's a unity right there and to soulful service, right? Mm -hmm. Serving serving in it through your vessel. Yeah. I think that's kind of what soulful service is about, is is it comes through uniquely through you. Yeah. And so kind of clearing that vessel. And, and I think more and more about particular Yosemite trip because for me, wilderness is a medicine. It's it it is the medicine, <laughs> maybe. Yeah. And I've been drinking it up for for a while now and trying to tell everyone I can about that to the point where like I'm leading these trips and and all this stuff and I don't know exactly why I've been doing it. I, I ask that a lot because we've been holding on to this company for three years, you know. 
at this point, and this isn't a, vi- a small violin, I'm not playing my small violin here, but like, <laughs> it hasn't paid us a lot yet. I think uh, eventually... And it's been it's been challenging. I mean, 2020, everything got wiped out. And, you know, it, it was like, that was supposed to be year number two, the year where you build on what you've done and everything got... It got wiped out. So we like, canceled a bunch of retreat. And so it's like, why am I holding on to this? Yeah. And like, why do I work so hard for this? I don't know. I believe in it. And I think... And I believe that wilderness is medicine. And the same way that, you know, ayahuasca is medicine in, in the practices we work with and, and combo is medicine, same way. Yeah. And and lately, it, there's been a shift over the last year as I start to do, uh, as I start training with medicine work is like, oh, this is just an, ex- this is medicine work. And now I'm serving wilderness. Mm. And, and there's something interesting around that, like, right? Because there's two ways to think about that is like, I'm serving it, like serving it on a platter yeah. in a way like we're like, I'm actually serving it to you. And, you and then totally there's the other, there's the other dimension of it, which is I'm in service to wilderness. And I think I'm trying to do both I, more and more. I'm moving into that. Yeah. Um, and there's something uh, also that I found really relieving about that because it's like giving credit where credit's due and realizing that, I don't do jack shit out on these trips. <laughs> Any positive benefit has nothing to do with me. Yeah, It has everything to do, and to the degree it has something to do with me, it's only that I was able to, to facilitate it, right? Like, or guide people into it. Yeah, It has everything to do with the incredible sacredness, for lack of a better term, of wilderness. Yeah, Wilderness does all the work. Wilderness does the healing. Wilderness does the transformation. Wilderness does, you know, is the connection with the divine, all these kind of things. That actually is very relieving and a bit humbling because then it's like, okay, yeah, all right. I just need to uh, not fuck it up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and like get out of the way, right? Like everything. And so um, particularly this year, it's been about asking, okay, what serves wilderness? How, do, how can we complement this, right? Like I don't want to get in there and steal the show yeah. or pretend like I'm I have I'm doing something here. I, I want to support that powerful experience. Yeah, and you know, I think a lot of that a lot of that includes all the logistical aspects of it, like organizing how to get people from their very comfortable homes into the wilderness. Like that's such a massive bridge. And you kind of you have to build the bridge. I think that's what you end up doing. So it's like the work is not so much you being awesome when when the, when you're in the wilderness. It's more like working for months prior so that you can build the bridge so people can get to the wilderness and then kind of receive it. And that's the point where your work is getting out of the way most most likely. Yeah. Uh, and and you know, it, that's a good way to put it. I actually hadn't thought about it like that. Yeah, me neither. It's just like came up. <laughs> it's not like I've been stewing on this, but it also reminds me. Um, someone recently told me that. One of the things that ayahuasca doesn't have that we do have is a body. And I think the same could be said of the wilderness and the the medicine of the wilderness. Like if you think of the spirit of the wilderness and what it sparks and the healing properties of it, that doesn't have a body. There's a place in space for where you can receive it and all that, but you with your body you and your opposable, opposable thumbs can like build that bridge for people to get to that place where they can receive the the medicine of the wilderness. Uh, I think that's, 
and then get that get out of the fucking way. And, yeah. and that that can be really hard because there can be a sense of self-importance when when yeah, you know. Yeah, I, I think that's something I've been I've been battling like I've been working with over the last couple of years. Yeah. It's like what's my role in this? And I think medicine work has been really helpful there because mm. it's it's I'm learning that there as well. That like okay, ego is subordinate to something else, right? That's something else. I would use words like medicine, soul, self, like, it, it can, but there's something greater that your that ego is uh, subordinate to and in mm-hmm. service of. And same here, like the wilderness is, is like the deity almost. And, and I, I'm, I'm here to serve it. And I like the way you put it. And I also, I, I do think about, I'm really interested in initiations. We facilitate initiations. We partake in initiations. And I think about this as an initiation for wilderness, right? Yeah. You spend six days in somewhere like the Yosemite wilderness uninterrupted. And this is, this is a legitimate trip. Like mm-hmm. you're going to, you're going to really be out there. You are now, you are no longer the uninitiated. Right. And I think that w- like, I've seen it, it wakes some people up. It like all this, you have a relationship now, whether, you know, and, yeah. I, and I think long-term that's kind of what we need to do is we need to re- we need to recultivate this relationship, right? Yeah. You're not going to have conservancy or even like a- any of the things we think about as far as ecologically. I think they start with a deep relationship to the wilderness, to the land, right? And yeah. if you don't have that, how could you care? How could you? How could you? That's a, that's that's a, that's a really good question. And, and I think that... There's another, there's an aspect that I think about a lot, which also plays into the retreats that that you lead with this, which is we have to make sure that the next generations continue to have that relationship and continue. And I think a lot of of the thinking that I'm doing, because it's so obvious that your relationship to the wilderness is different than mine. Obviously, it's always different, right? Like we all have different relationships to it. But I think for you, it's... um, it's so strong. Like I can feel it. It's a church. And I mean, I've had countless amounts of time on, on, on ayahuasca where like I have visions of you as a mountain or vision, visions of you in on the side of the mountain. Like you're, you're such a, you're such a being that needs to be in, in the wilderness. And I, I think we all need to do that, but you might need to do that more than the average person. (laughs) I think so. I think you do. And, and it really, um, it's a really humbling and beautiful thing to see your, to see how this is part of the medicine that you're here to serve in this, in this world, in this life. And I mean that in the sense of like the bigger, you know, medicine, the bigger like aura, if you will, that you're, that you're here to, to radiate and what you're here to incarnate. And I love being able to support you as you do that. And also it does question, not question, it does inform my visions of like how we're going to raise little ones together and and like how much that will be a part of their life from from like really young and well and my hope my is hope. that it will be out the backyard yeah i mean I, that that's the hope for me too i think it really it's is. you know I, I think there it's it's painful to me to know that i wish that was my experience um and and that i was that I could just go out, you know, you read about so many authors, right? So, so many in, like thinkers or, or whatever, different people of influence who go back to their childhood and how they could go to the, yeah. the creek yeah. out their backyard, right? And get lo- take a sandwich and come back uh, at nightfall yeah. or whatever. And like, 
more that is so not our world or from so many of us it's not our experience right we're locked up inside we can't cross the street yeah. there's there's all sorts of threats outside and and it prevents us from having this relationship yeah and i think a lot is lost in that and so i and i kind of feel that loss for myself like yeah. i feel like i wonder what what would life be like had that been the case had i had a stronger relationship with wilderness from the time i started walking yeah. Um, and so I think part of this is also kind of um, animated from from that kind of that longing and, and kind of regret. Yeah, totally. And I think I think we were talking about this the other day and it was really informative because sometimes I don't we're right. We're in the neighborhood that you grew up from age seven on, onward. And it's funny because we were talking about this the other day and I had never really, really tried to understand what it's like to be. And I mean, the house you were, you, 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 you were before that was not in a very, like was in the similar, similar neighborhood, yeah. kind of like suburban. Um, like we went to go sit at the park, yeah. which is basically a school that you can go hang out at after yeah. six o'clock in the evening. Yeah. That's as close. It's like some grass, like some kind of like weeds growing on baseball fields, yeah, and a couple trees like lining the field, yeah. That's as close as you can get within miles, yeah, to nature, yeah. It's otherwise it's streets, cars, and shopping centers, and, and it, yeah. And I never, I don't think until that that time a couple of days ago, I don't think I had t done the effort of trying to imagine what it's like to grow up in a place like this. And it kind of gave me a, oh, but no shit, he's so into wilderness. And no shit, so many people are feeling this way because so many people grow up in, in suburbs like these, which, you know, I'm not dissing on them. Like, there's, I can, I, and I'm not saying it's it's a terrible place to live or whatever. Like, th that's not what I'm saying, but... But we're losing something. We are. And, like, it was interesting to compare it to my, child, my childhood growing up because I remember having a, a pretty large backyard f until I was, like, four. And then we moved to a tropical island. And we were in a little neighborhood, like a cul-de-sac kind of neighborhood, but... I mean, I could walk like our, our garden again felt very lush and, 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 and active, but also like we went on hikes all the time. It, it, I could walk to the end of my street and end up in, in cane sugar fields for, for miles. And like, not that I, I'm not going to say I took the opportunity to do that very often. Cause I think at this, at the core, I'm a much more, uh, indoor person than you are. Like uh, the, the wilderness still terrifies me. I mean, I, I, I respect the work you do. I miss it. I miss the wilderness when I hear you talk about it. And I'm also like, Oh God, this is, it's terrifying. Like I really take so much effort for me to want to go back out there, you know, but at the end of the day, my memories of being a child is like very green. Like I have a lot of like green, yeah. big leaves, you know, like tropical one, things. One place that that's fond for me, and I think this is one of the reasons why, is Grandma's house because she lives in the English countryside, and that was the case. It was kind of farmland and rolling yeah. hills and stuff, and we'd go there, you know, yeah. in the summers, and that was a place where where I did have that kind of experience to some degree. Yeah, and I think as a child, 
a more tame nature, like a garden, but a, an extended garden, not yeah. just like two Countryside. feet at the back, yeah. like not just a backyard. You don't want panthers at the at the edge of the at the edge of the house. No, but. that that would be that, that would be pretty cool, but yeah. uh, I'd be pretty freaked out, I guess. No, but yeah, that, the countryside or like a, a a a, and also not these massive streets where. I never want to walk anywhere here. There's a shopping center that I could walk to if I want to shop here. I never want to walk there, even though it's like a 10-minute walk, because I have to cross, like, massive roads. It wasn't designed to it's walk It's not to. designed to walk, yeah. So I wanted to get into something like a framework that we're using to think about Yosemite and also to think about what we're doing, which is, like, this kind of initiation or, or cultivating this relationship or, you know, kind of helping people cultivate this nat- relationship to nature mm-hmm. and nature within and without, wild within. And I think there's four four facets there to that, right? There's the wild world. And this comes from Bill Plotkin's work, um, who's, he's Billy, like a... Billy P. Yeah, he's a depth psychologist and a, I, I don't know, eco-psychologist. He Alistair, does really interesting work. Alistair wants to be like... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he's got, so he defines nature in four, like, kind of facets. Um, there's the wild world. That's one. And, and, and nature is basically anything that we can't kind of obstruct or, or change, right? It's kind of the givens of mm-hmm. the world. So there's the wild world. And then there's, the, then there's our nature, right? And I think uh, most of us are equally cut off from this. And I don't think it's a coincidence that all you know that this is the case. Yeah, those are body. So the body you're born into, bodily functions, things like this. A lot of this is given, right? It's not something we actually, as much as we want to control it, it's not something we really control. Yeah, I'm small. That is just what it is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, emotions, right? Emotions is another one that come of their own will. Like they have their own kind of uh, as as we, as know, we, we as explored we earlier on yeah, this conversation. Yeah, exactly. And the third one is imagination, mm-hmm. uh, another domain that we really don't have a lot of control over. Just take a tab of acid and you'll find out how, quick, <laughs> how, how true that really is. Um, Let's no, but, do it right now. But you don't have to do that. You <laughs> just have to wake up and try to remember your dreams. You don't, we, don't, yeah. we don't have control of those, of those spaces. Yeah. Or, or if you ever had revelation, like that came to you, right? Like there's, there's something else going on there visions your your kind of deep imagination this stuff has a life of its own it's wild as well it's yeah. uh so these are the four aspects or facets of nature the wild world body emotion imagination and more and more the way i'm kind of thinking about what we're doing is bringing people into relationship with nature in all four of those facets and so we started applying that framework to everything we do so asking like during the trip, obviously like the wild world part of it is is there. We're mm-hmm, backpacking mm-hmm. It's the core piece. But we then look at, you know, we do other activities and they're aimed at helping people get in touch with and explore their nature. Yeah. And so at different parts, like for example, we have a yoga, Kelly's a yoga instructor. Um, we, we lead guided meditations uh, that are becoming more and more body focused, bringing people into their body, exploring what's already there. Mm-hmm. Emotions, processing emotions that come up on the trip. We do kind of facilitated conversations and and different exercises to to get in touch with what's coming up. Because in a way, that's like you you kind of think about 
walking through the wilderness is some sort of purification right mm-hmm. you know you walk through it and like stuff comes up yeah. and you you're in the wilderness is a big enough space to hold it right there's something that that's something i think also powerful about the wilderness is it's this this space that can hold anything it's so ancient you know it's like oh i've seen i've seen other things you know like i've seen it all you can you can it's a place i remember you saying that about the desert yeah I was, yeah. yeah i was gonna say because we we had sat in the desert for ceremony with with ayahuasca there's a large group of us uh out in the desert drinking ayahuasca having a having a great time and uh not far from us was another group that was drinking a bunch of liquor and celebrating a birthday and getting absolutely wild and it was striking it's just like the desert has space for all of this Mm. there's space there and and similarly i think the desert has space for like all of our emotion like all of our nature or or the wilderness in general right yeah, and as you said that, as you just said, like the the desert has space for all of us and for all of it. Like all of a sudden, I just took like I exhaled and my whole body just filled with space. And I think it's not. That's why it's so important to go out into the wilderness and to these places because they teach us how to be. You know, like they teach us how to have spaciousness. They teach us how to have patience, and like they, they we learn from their spirit of. Like the wilderness is so old. It's so ancient. Those things have been here for millennia. Like mountains or beings, we can't barely comprehend. Like it, it's it's so, they're so old. Also there, you know, this is something else that Bill Plotkin points out. Is like, because he does, he does um, soul initiations or, and soul encounters. Like he does vision quests and things like this. And he kind of points out like, we we should go out in wilderness because where else, if you want to find your soul, where else to go than to the unsold world, right? Like yeah. everything out there, like we we humans seem to be the one thing that's kind of self-conscious and that, as David White can say, or says, can avoid our own flowering. That seems to be our that's unique... A nice, that's a nice way to put it. Yeah, that seems to be our unique problem. So if you're aware of that problem and, and you're trying to flower or whatever going to the wild world, which unconsciously just it live everything out there is living its purpose, yeah. right? The wild world does not have that problem. It it lives what it is. It it like and you can go out there and you can learn from that. You can learn from the trees and the plants and the animals, the wind and all these things that are what they are. And it can instruct us how to get back in touch with what we are, mm-hmm. right? And what mm-hmm. we Yeah, it can it can teach us how to be. Yeah, and I think, you know, my my experience with this is that it's not so much that I go to the world. I can, if I have the intention of going for learning and healing and purifying, I can just state that intention at the top, but I'm not going to go up to every tree that I encounter and be like, please teach me what you know and all that. Like, I feel like... I just had this this thought that this might be understood that way when with what you were saying. My experience is more if I just am in the, in the wilderness, if I walk through it, if I take one step at a time, if I sit, if I sleep, it will work on me. It's not like a I don't have to go out and try to get something. This is not a this is not like a supermarket uh, for 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 enlightenment. <laughs> you know, I can't just go and be like, please teach me teach me patience. Oh, you old tree! It's like no, they'll teach you what you need to learn. Oh, I think and, what you're talking about is having a relationship. Yeah, right? like yeah. you go to be in relationship with yeah. it, not to extract something from it. I think that's taking like 
But then, yeah, but I think for a lot of people, that's a for, for for me still, that's a very novel concept. Yeah, but that, I, and I think that's something the wilderness teaches, yes. right? It's like you go out there and you realize that this like this is something to be in relationship with. It's not something to dominate or or kind of monetize. Or, but I think sometimes there's a sense that being in relationship has to be this very active thing. In my experience, or like that, it has to look a certain way of interacting. Where, like, you know, talking, relating directly to one element, whereas I feel like the best way is more like a, it, it's an active passiv- passivity, or like, it, it's just like being and, and breathing and meditating or that kind of stuff. I don't Perhaps know. for you to decide, I think. Yeah, I, it's true. <laughs> it can be anything. I I'm, I'm went down a rabbit hole. <laughs> so the last, qu- the last quadrant is uh, imagination. In, in a way, I think... Wilderness is the world's imagination, yeah. right? Like all these different beings coming and going, and it is the imagination of the cosmos and of the world. And I think it stokes our own imagination too. Yeah. And and kind of, uh, it also, again, gives us the space to get in touch with it in a way where like when I'm within four walls or like in a city, it's not possible, but there's something about the wilderness uh, for helping us kind of explore imagination and so and and it's for me it's been such a helpful place for reimagining what my life might be like Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I'm starting to live that I'm starting to live what used to be dreams Mm. and that's really and those were dreamt in the wilderness and so for me there's this like it's a cycle right like go to like go to the wilderness and and it's it brings me into my body it helps me be with my emotions and, and be in touch with them it stokes my imagination go out into the world, kind of bring that out there, go back. It's like a place to replenish. And so another part of these trips that we try to bring into it is, okay, bring bring you in touch with your body, bring you in touch with your emotions, be in touch with the wild world. And what do you dream up when you're, when you're in relationship with those things, right? Like, I, I think that allows us to be in touch with our authentic imagination. And, and that feel that can be very true. And then it's about Okay, cool. What a gift. How can we dream this into into the world? Yeah, and I think another kind of going back or or expanding on this idea of like your role as the guide is to sort of get out of the way and let wilderness do its thing. Because it's like thinking of these four quadrants, you're walking through wild nature. So you've got the first the first piece of this and then you're walking through it. So your body is engaged. So you're already in man, your body hurts when you're walking that much or, you know, like it's, it's hard. You don't, there's no comfort. You gotta stay alive out there. You gotta stay alive. You gotta feed yourself. You're walking and making progress and and your feet hurt. And like, you, you don't sleep on a, on a very comfortable surface and we're not used to it. It's like, it brings up a lot of the things in the body from, from, um, just being there. And then, you know, in the case of Yosemite, and I think, in the types of retreat that you lead and and when um when people are being brought in the wilderness with the intention of of growth and and purification healing learning there's not much to do like you don't you don't really you don't have a phone you don't have a you don't have all these distractions that are usually here to take us away from our emotions and our imagination so it's like in one way that really it's almost like as the guide, you don't even have to do a whole lot to make sure that all these other elements of nature are, are brought together because they are 
automatically. One of the critical elements of being a guide, right, is being familiar with the territory. Yeah. And then I think another one is walking side by side into that territory. Yeah. With with uh, with whoever you're guiding. Yeah. That's kind of that's that's what I come back to as yeah. what it means to be a guide for nature. Yeah, and I think and and so that, but I think what I was trying to get at too is this idea that like as long uh, if you want to connect with those elements of nature, those four things that you brought, yeah. as soon as you go into wild nature, all the other ones oh, they fall, all into, happen. fall into place. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm yeah, trying to yeah. get yeah. at. Well, thank you. Great point. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I feel super woozy. I feel like we're talking very medicine-y and I'm like, I don't know what's going on. So I don't know if I'm making sense, but I'm, I'm no, you're making I sense, am. and that's very true. Like these aren't like they're quadrants because it's helpful to think about it, yeah. right? The mind likes to dissect yes. and and categorize, but but it's a whole. It's a whole, yeah. yeah, and they inform each other and they they encourage each other, right? So you get in touch with one, and it it really particularly your example is like you get in touch with the wilderness the wild world and all the other ones start to happen on their own like they happen out out there because you look at a butterfly and your imagination just gets mm-hmm. sparked right like you're like oh my god or, or you see a bear or or plant or a stream or whatever you know, like you said you're feeling all you're feeling all the feels out there the the physical sensations and and like man the wilderness is a you know it doesn't it's a a lot of emotions come up for all sorts of reasons and and you have to process them out there and and there's a sense of like kind of self sufficiency that ha- and and also um what's the word I'm looking for equanimity mm-hmm. or that is developed by by being out there so all these things like they feed inform and support each other and they they definitely cross the boundaries right i think it's just it's helpful for us in thinking about you know as designing a curriculum or designing a program. Okay, well, it's it's nice to have this neat way yeah, because yeah, it's a way yeah. to talk about it and it's a way to continue to orient back like, okay, are we serving the purpose? Sure. Are are we are we cultivating and facilitating people's relationship with nature and, and the four facets of nature? Yeah. But yes, I mean they all bleed and blend so much in each other. And you know, I was trying to think, okay, let's let's see if we can look at it from another perspective. Like, if you were to have a, re- a retreat that is entirely focused on connecting people to their bodies, let's say there's no wilderness. There's if I, if I look at another quadrant, right? Right. Focus entirely on your body. Do the other things come up? And I think yes, to some extent. Well, here's here's my first, like what I would say, your body is a wilderness. How many of us have actually ever spent, inhabited our bodies or spent much time there? Yeah, try. It's fucking hard. I mean, I think this is one of the, you know, quote unquote, last like mapped territories mm. in a way. It's like your body yeah. is always kind of unknown, terra incognita. Yeah. And it can be like, it can be an absolute adventure to explore it. Yeah. And, and so, but I think when I was going through that process of trying to think, can you, you know, if you focus on the body, does that automatically bring up wild nature to some degree? Yes. But also I, I I tend to think the wilderness and wild nature is the fastest route to connect with your, our own true nature. Like th- that, it's like the yeah. I I think it's like a magnet. It's like you go out there and your true nature just pops out. There's you can't do anything but but let it happen. Yeah, in some ways it feels like the purest. I agree with you. It feels like the, you know, there seems to be some that are like more shortcuts mm-hmm. <laughs> almost, mm-hmm. or like very direct routes. Yeah, we feel like ayahuasca and and 
psychedelics or entheogens seem to have that quality too in a lot of ways. Meditation seems to be another one. Yeah. And and nature. I mean, yeah. It's just the trifecta. Boosh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's bring it back to the listener. <laughs> you out there. You beautiful person. I think this is a helpful framework. Well, first off, just get out in the wild. Yeah, I know. <laughs> just I find know. a way out there. And like, the, it doesn't have to be fancy. It doesn't have to be that you have to walk for three days, you know? like No, go out for a go. car camping for a night. And then just just like, what happened to me is it, it's a, it's like you go out and you're like, wow, this is great. And then you, do, you get like, okay, I'm going to get a sleeping bag. Cool. And then you use that and you're like, oh, I kind of need this or yeah. that. Or I want to go do that. And and just, it's a place to explore. It's a place to play. It's this, I think it's... For me, in a lot of ways, it's it's that place that seven year old kid didn't have, mm-hmm. and and like I can be a seven year old there, you know, yeah. and and you you go whatever way. Like a huge part of this, you know, we didn't touch on a lot is wandering out there, exploring yeah. out there, and kind of rambling. Like, yeah, I actually think you're right. I think like a camping, a car camping thing is oftentimes a great way to start. Um, if you have a nature preserve near your yeah. house, walk out to it, whatever. Yeah, I think I think that there's something really powerful about sleeping out. But if that's too intimidating, camp in your just, backyard. Know, Shit, even that is a is a good start. That's true. Like that's true. just like it doesn't sleeping have to be on the ground. It doesn't have and, to be wilderness, right? Nature's everywhere. Yeah. So you know, maybe don't camp on the park if that's not allowed. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Might freak some people out, but <laughs> no. But and if and and a hike, you know, just like go on a day hike. That's also another way. It, it's true that sleeping in in nature is particularly um, important. Go that's out, the part see, that terrifies me the most, though. So I when I, I was living in San Diego, I used to bike down to watch the sunset every day. Mm. Not every day, but a lot of days. Not every day. I, I tried I love, to go every day. I love how you wanted to sound I like wanted that to guy. Say every day. Yeah, 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 sounds a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> I it was always a like a hassle, and I always always was always so happy that I did it. Um, I think that I think no, I think that's a great reminder. It is never easy to leave the comfort. No, it is never. And it's got even, all its tentacles. Even for and... Alistair, who, as we've established, is a true uh, guy who needs his wilderness dose, he still is telling me he's. We're, I know when you're listening to this, this is like we're in July, and and means I'm in the is, wilderness. I'm in the wilderness yeah, right now. Right as you're now, listening to as this, as you're listening to this, I am somewhere Alistair, in the wilderness, exactly, stubbing my toe on a rock. But right now, we're still in the very comfortable uh, uh, part where we're at and he was telling me he's been it's a lot of fun to talk about the wilderness yeah but (laughs) but he's like i'm i'm feeling the resistance i know it's going to be great to be out there but i don't really want to go and i think that has to be said that has to be acknowledged it will i don't know that it ever gets entirely the transition is never quite easy because there is the comfort the tentacles and the tendrils of like Oh, comfort. You know, also, like, if it's true wilderness, it's unknown. Yeah, and and it's not it's not controllable. Yeah, right. Like it's a place where you uh, you have to kind of be flexible to to what's out there. And, yeah. and to the gods of of that of that world. So you know, maybe one last thing is like, I think we've all as a growing up in this culture. Maybe there's a few of us that are lucky enough to have, have been raised differently or, or whatever. But I think most of us have been in our, 
and, and the way I see culture going is we're progressively becoming more and more alienated from nature, mm-hmm. from all four of those quadrants. Yeah. And maybe you might just consider that. Consider that proposal for yourself and see if it rings true. Uh, you know, what, what kind of connection do we have and are we giving our children to the wild world, to emotions, to our body, and to imagination? And if you feel like maybe you've been shortchanged there or, you know, I think the question is, okay, well, how can we start to relationships? It's like, you know, old friendships, right? Like we can start to, to cultivate these and we can start looking to the next generation and make sure that they, they have a healthy relationship from the beginning. Um, And I think this framework is a way to, to think about, you know, what might create a healthier, more whole, more fulfilling lives for us in the next seven generations. Well, thank you for being here today. Thank you, you wild being. That was a fun conversation. It felt like we went down like a little river and just like kind of yeah. explored different things. Was it like an Amazonian way. river? Yeah, yeah, it like was kind like of that. A, was, a soft, wide yeah, Amazonian yeah, yeah, river yeah, with yeah. a lot of bends in it. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I hope you felt that way too, a beautiful listener out there. We love you. It's always so nice to uh, to just talk to you in this way. Yeah, because especially because you don't talk back. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> I had to make not, the joke. You said it up. Yeah, but that's not what I. No, mean. no, no. That's not what we mean. Of course. Actually, we really like it when you talk back. So. Yeah, send us an email info at thefarout.life. That's uh, yeah. that's our email address. Three ways to support this podcast. You know them by now, but we're gonna say them again, anyways. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the first one is you can become a patron over at Patreon.com/slash/TheFarOutCouple. Yeah. Every dollar donated there supports this podcast really in a does. real way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you to all of our patrons. We we don't thank you nearly as often as we should. Thank yeah. you so much. It's mind blowing, actually, that anyone it really supports supports this podcast. Yeah. So if you'd like to blow our minds, that's a great way to do it. The second, send us a message, otherwise. <laughs> no, don't, don't. We don't know you. We don't know yeah. the source. No, don't. Yeah, Thank Jesus you. Jesus Christ. Get Patreon. That's a better oh, God. <laughs> Hopefully, we can edit that out. Oh, number no. two. Number two is uh, leave us a review over at, um, that's not number two, but that's going to be number two today. Leave us a review at Apple Podcasts. <laughs> yes, uh, this, be, a, be a good person like Wayne. Send us, a, leave us a review. Yeah, Wayne is awesome. You want to be like him. Yes. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> and number three is uh, share this with a friend. Yes, please do. Please do. We've grown so much in that way. Um, we've, we we really can track the progress of the podcast by people sharing it and, and you know, letting other people know that there are two crazy people talking about Out there in stuff. the wilderness somewhere, trying to live wild lives. I know. Yeah. We love you. We love you. See you next week. See you next week. Toodles. Toodles. <laughs>